Good morning. My name is Liz Gurley, and you're listening to Memoir Distry. I'm in the car again. It's the morning time. It's very cold. It's 35 degrees. I feel like I just need to give some facts and information at the beginning of this. I feel like I need to be very serious. My tone is very calming, but serious. Are you taking me seriously? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I haven't been awake for very long, which is why I do stuff like that. When I'm not fully awake, I'm kind of silly. I'm silly a lot of the time. Um, silly pretending to be serious. Anyway, I was uh, falling asleep last night, and I had this thought kind of pop up and linger, and it was a struggle to fall back to sleep once it appeared. Um, I was asked yesterday or maybe this weekend, in the past couple days, um, about my comfort level in saying, I don't know. And... I've always, as long as I can remember, felt pretty comfortable saying, I don't know about something. I remember being in class and, you know, when I was a kid and if I didn't know, I would just say, I don't know. Um, I always felt like I should know, like I probably heard the information, whatever the answer was that was looked for. You know, I was probably present physically present when uh, that answer was given so it's mostly just that I was caught not paying attention (laughs) and you know if I'm caught not paying attention well I can't suddenly pretend that I was paying attention because I don't know what answer is being looked for so I think I've just always been comfortable saying I didn't know um, something but you know, why? Why have I been comfortable saying I don't know? The, the person who asked me was expressing their, um, what's the word? Not distaste, their uh, inability, maybe not inability, but unwillingness to say they don't know. That instead of saying that they don't know, they would rather try and answer the question in whatever way they understood even if they didn't know what exact answer was being looked for. Um, And I guess I always took the stance like, well, if you're asking me a question, you must be looking for a certain kind of answer. So why don't you just tell me what it is you're looking for? Um, But I've wondered why, like, why am I comfortable saying that I don't know something? And I realized last night, you know, I've been, I've been going to therapy and exploring my childhood and my roots and where I come from and, you know, the things that are done and said and the things that you experience in your development when you're very young and you're just kind of soaking in the whole world around you and picking things up as fact because things are, you know, are presented as fact, especially when they're coming from adults. Like, you trust those adults, and these are facts. So I must, you know, this must be the world I live in. Um, 
But I think I realized that I've, I've always been comfortable saying I don't know because uh, when I was younger, I was raised in a particular denomination of Christianity. And I, I really am struggling to use this word in this podcast. And I think I just need to say it. I think I just need to say the word. Um, it's difficult. But I'm going to say it. I was raised in a cult. Um, and that's just the way it is for me. That's just that's just what my life has been for the first 18 years of my life. Um, so because of that, you know, I'm in the world but not of the world. And the things that I know are the things that are going to get you to heaven, are the things that are salvation worthy. And the things I don't know probably don't matter because... If they're not going to get me to heaven, then what's the point of really knowing anything? Because that's the whole goal, is to live so you can die and go somewhere else, right? That's what I was taught. Or that's what I understood, I guess. So I didn't pursue education. I just pursued salvation. Always needing to be saved from something. So, being raised this way, and going to a public school I've I was always comfortable saying I didn't know something because I was always presented information from the stance of well you don't know how could you know because no one has told you you're being you you're quarantined in this small world of people with this belief system so you must just know nothing you don't know anything I wasn't often asked what it was that I knew like tell me what you know Liz it was more often let me show you what you don't know and when that's how your conversations are most of the time people always trying to tell you how you don't know something or how your ideas about something are wrong because you don't have this information that they have that they're going to now give to you um, and change your whole world. Like, it's often easy for me to just respond to things by saying I don't know and saying it in a way that would shut the conversation down so I didn't have to talk about it. Um, because I didn't want to be found out that I didn't actually know something or that someone else knew something more than me. I was scared of what information they might give me that would completely change my perspective on what I had been taught to believe since I was born and what I've been taught to pursue in this lifetime and what's valuable and what's important, what's a noble pursuit in this lifetime. And to live was never the pursuit. It was always, well, you want to live after you've died. So you live in a way now. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I felt that coming. You live in a way now so that when you die, 
you can be at peace. But like, I really want to live right now with this life that I have now. I want to live. I don't want to just be focused on what's going to happen after I die. I don't know what's going to happen after I die. I don't really know. So anyway, that's what I've been thinking about. It's Monday musing. What does it mean to not know? What does it mean to know? What do you know? What don't you know? What are you comfortable saying you don't know? What do you act like you know? But you don't actually know. Gosh, I often felt like that was my my life in corporate America. It was just this game of acting like you knew what you were doing even though you didn't know. And then you'd find out that everyone else was doing the same thing and it just felt a lot like playing work and pushing emails around. No decisions are being made, really. Deadlines are always pushed and willy-nilly. Just kind of felt like it was just a, a stage. Work was just a stage to pretend. And maybe some days you'd get a new script and you'd actually get to know something, but... I don't know, that's... Maybe that's just my, my perception because of how I was raised and what I was taught. That there's just no point in to pursue what is good right now in this life because we should be pursuing what comes after. Even though we don't really know what comes after. Anyway, that's where my brain has been from last night into this morning. I wonder if I dreamed about it. Sometimes I fall asleep with a thought and I'm like, oh gosh, I better get up and write it down because if I don't, it's just going to disappear. And so I've been doing this thing where I've been really testing my brain to remember stuff. Um, So as I was falling asleep last night, I just kept repeating the thought in my head of like, you know, the conversation around saying I don't know something. And I just kept repeating it until I fell asleep. And it was one of the first things that I thought of when I woke up this morning. So maybe my subconscious was, you know, working it out for me while I was asleep. And I think it's, uh, (laughs) to be able to say, I don't know about not knowing. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where these thoughts come from. I don't know always how to string them together in a cohesive, under, you know, cohesive uh, explanation for people, which I guess I should. I'm a writer and an editor, right? <laughs> I should know how to explain what it is my thoughts are doing, but I don't all the time know how to explain. I don't know all the words just because I'm a writer and editor. I don't know what every word means. I have to look them up still too. And even words that like, I know I know what they mean, but like I need to see it written out, the definition. Like sometimes, you know, I just want to be sure. Anyway, traffic is kind of getting a little stop and go here. So I feel like I need to pay closer attention. So I'm going to wrap this up, but I don't know. That's my Monday, Monday musing trying that on for size. (laughs) Monday musings. 
Um, so yeah, what do you know? What do you not know? What are you comfortable saying that you don't know? What are you uncomfortable admitting that you don't know? It's, you know, information is power and it's used not always in helpful ways. It's good to know, but it's also okay if you don't know. And it's okay to ask. I think it can be hard sometimes when you don't know something, like to know who to ask, to find someone that you can actually process not knowing and learning without, you know, judgment along the way. I think sometimes I would learn things and, um, I would feel like I was late to the game. Like, why did I, why did it take so long for me to learn this? How come nobody told me? Or maybe they did and I just didn't get it, so I just ignored it. But like, how come it's taken me so long and some other people just get it so quickly? I think that's always been the fear of not knowing something, is that someone else knows something that you need to know and they won't tell you. Or they judge you for not knowing, they use it against you. Anyway, it's okay to say you don't know. Yeah, that's what I want to say. It's okay to say that you don't know. And it's okay to ask for someone to explain. Getting more clarity is always good. <laughs> I mean, maybe it can be explained in a, in a different way with different words that you'll understand. I think that's what I'm coming to, to recognize is that the language that I've was handed the language that I've chosen to learn myself, um, like the way I talk about things and, you know, how I infuse my values and beliefs into my language. Like, there's so many, so many things that you can't just take at face value anymore. You have to get clarity on. You have to ask more questions. Even if the information is presented as fact and it's presented in a very confident way, like it's still okay to ask questions. I never felt like I could ask questions, especially of the thing that I was raised in. Like I just thought I was supposed to know it and if I didn't know it, something was wrong with me. Because I was born in this, how would you not know? How do you not know what it is that you believe? Or why you do the things you do? Um, I think I was nervous for people to ask me questions about, you know, why do you dress that way? Why, you know, why do you believe that? Um, because the truth was I didn't actually know because it wasn't my belief. It wasn't my choice. It was just what I was handed. So I got nervous when people would ask me questions about the thing that I was brought up in, the thing that was in my home all the time that I, you know, went home to and went to sleep with and woke up to. All those beliefs, all those things I was being taught, I was terrified of being asked by someone about them and having to explain myself. I always have felt like I just have to explain myself over and over again. And as much as I would explain, it never made sense because I was using language that wasn't mine. It 
didn't make sense to me either. That's why it didn't make sense coming out of my mouth and why I couldn't express it to other people because I didn't understand it either. But I was, I was in it. And I felt like I couldn't do anything about it. I just had to learn how to deal and be in it and at least pretend and act like I knew what was going on. As long as I do all the right things and say all the right things and repeat the right scriptures and I could be left alone. I think I struggled with needing to know everything because my, my father is a pastor. And so when you're raised in the home of a pastor, I think my perspective, my perception is always that people expected me to know more. Like I was a holier kid or something because I was being raised in the pastor's house and that there was this expectation that I be perfect. I'm the pastor's child. Why wouldn't I be perfect? I get to live with the pastor. But the thing is, is the pastor wasn't my pastor. He was my dad. He wasn't my pastor. I don't actually know what it means to have a pastor. I don't think I've ever been pastored. I've been preached at for sure, but I've never been pastored. I don't even know what that's like to have a pastor. And I've been surrounded by pastors my whole life. I mean, my dad is one, my uncle's one, my ex-husband was one, and I worked with him at a church, like, but I've never been pastored. And I could never see pastors as pastors when, you know, they were my, my dad and my husband. And it's not like I didn't respect the work they did. I just, they couldn't, they couldn't pastor me because they were, they had other roles in my life. Anyway, so yeah. I don't know a lot of things, and I'm comfortable saying I don't know. But what an interesting shift to ask someone what they do know instead of pointing out what they don't know and how you know more. Because I do know things. I know a lot of things. And I would love to share those things that I know. But it's rare. It's been so rare that I've actually been able to share the things that I know, the things that make me wake up and live and choose to show up every day. I rarely get to talk about those things, which is probably why I became a writer. So I could at least get them out of me somehow. So yeah. Traffic clearly cleared up because, you know, I didn't have to stop the episode after all. Anyway, that's what my brain has been doing. Maybe you can noodle on that. Um, you know, and there is there is a way to send a message to me. Like, if, if you're having some sort of thought because, you know, this has sparked that in you and you want to share, like, um, <clears throat> in the... I'll drop a link in the episode details. Um, and if you want to send me a message and tell me what you know or what you don't know or if you're comfortable saying you don't know like I just love to know what you think what has it been like for you 
Also, as soon as I get home, one of the things that I'm excited to hit, um, I guess, hit the for real start button on is I'm creating this network for writers and artists to, you know, get to know each other and share these kinds of thoughts um, and process artistically um, how to live creatively and how do you talk about the things that you're scared to talk about. Well, most of us do it through writing and art when we don't know how to use the words. Like, I mean, I guess writing, obviously we're using some words, but the kind of writing I do memoir about my life I don't always like to reveal everything when I'm still in the middle of processing things I'm completely comfortable sharing my process obviously but like when I'm writing like when I wrote my book I was a good wife there were certain things I wasn't ready to express because I hadn't fully processed it yet and I just didn't feel any resolve from putting that into words so I do like a little mystery in the writing. I like metaphor. I like story. I don't like being told what I'm supposed to know. I like being presented with the information in a way that helps me discover on my own. I think that's something that I always struggled with because of where I came from is like, I don't like people saying they know something better or more than I do. Um, they have the facts and I know nothing. I just, that doesn't feel good to, you know, have that expressed to you all the time. That you don't know anything. Because then you walk around starting to believe that you don't know anything. And I'm going to be 40 this year. I've lived for 40 years. I know some things. I've lived some experiences. Anyway, so my writing can be kind of veiled um, I also like say things, but I hide them in words. There's secrets in my words. And sometimes I think if, if you know me, like if you have been in proximity to me for a time and you've been able to sit with me and have a conversation and watch how I process and hear how I process then when you read my words, you probably see some of those hidden things. I don't know, I could be wrong. It seems to be that way with the feedback I get. <sighs> but I could be wrong. I do like to be a mystery. I'm, I like to share everything about myself and also I like to be private. <laughs> um, like, for example, uh, I've been in a relationship with someone for over a year and I have kept it pretty private because it has been a struggle to re-engage in a romantic relationship with the thought that this person could actually stick that I would actually want to create a deeper relationship, a more, you know, long-term relationship with someone. I've been terrified to put that out in the world because I haven't really been ready and I have a lot of missteps. Like it's been not an easy relationship, 
because I'm learning a lot of things and I'm scared of a lot of things. I mean, I was really adamant about making sure I didn't rush into the next relationship after I got divorced. Of course, I wanted to fall into something because it feels good. Fall in love, in and out of love, as painful as it can be, it just felt good to have those feelings. But like, I didn't want any of it to stick and actually grow into something. I didn't want things to grow into a relationship because, well, I'd just been married for 11 years. I was with that man give or take a couple years, about 16 years, and I felt like a failure. I got the till death do us part thing wrong. <laughs> I made the wrong choice, and I changed my mind, and it made me feel like shit. Like I just had to express just the way that I expressed to everyone with my marriage and my wedding day and posting photos and being so excited. Look, look, I got married. I've, I've accomplished something in life. I got divorced and then it was like, how can I get divorced without anyone noticing? But my name changed so everybody noticed. Anyway, so I've been dating someone for over a year and it's had stops and starts and hiccups and frustrations, but there's also been a lot of delight and exploring new ways of relating to someone um, without getting caught up in those, you know, temporary flashes of emotion that just make you feel all ooey gooey like I still want to feel that way for sure but for sure <laughs> for sure for sure I want to feel that way I want to feel the ooey gooey but you know in my experience my relationship before was so ooey gooey but clearly it didn't make me happy because I'm not married to that person anymore. On the outside looking in, we were in love with each other. And it felt good and it looked good. And I was cool with that for a time. That's all I really wanted. That's what I wanted to show for my marriage. But now I want to show something else in a relationship. I want a relationship to be built on something different. I want to go a little bit deeper. And I think when you decide to do that with another person, like, it's hard. It's difficult. And especially at almost 40, you know, the people I'm dating don't come without baggage. If I want to date someone my own age or older, I've had a string of younger men that I've gone on dates with and I really have a lot of fun but I don't know when I've dated younger men they've just kept my mind younger and I'm ready for my mind to be the age it is
you know I'm okay with my body being the age it is I'm perfectly fine with the wrinkles that I have I can't wait to turn 40 I'm excited to get older I'm excited about the things that I know now that I didn't know before I'm excited about the things that I'm going to be learning that I don't even know I don't know yet like it's like life feels exciting again terrifying but exciting it's like it's okay to be scared it's okay to entertain the delight and good feelings with a person but also be completely terrified it and terrified of it in the same in the same ball twisted ball of emotions i can be in love with someone but i can also not want to be in love with someone because it's very scary and it should be i think that's what i'm learning is the tension and the fear is like when you get to push through those things with another person and you make it to that next like understanding like it just opens up more possibility and i think before i just didn't know how to exist in that tension and have it like and sit in it and let it grow me you know i would sit in the tension and get frustrated and then want to leave it but the tension and anxiety in a relationship is like fuel you have to pay attention to it it's uncomfortable but it's worthy of attention all right well i think i'm going to roll through a coffee stand and get me a coffee i'm going to go home um get this episode uploaded and do some writing. I've got some writing projects I'm working on. I got to get this uh the Memoir Distry network up and running so that you know, you can come join me and hang out and talk about this stuff real time. It's uh you know, it's new. I don't really know what I'm going to use this network for. It's on this platform called Mighty Network. Uh Mighty Networks. And uh, it's just basically a platform to create a community. Um, and so there are some subscriptions that you can sign up for depending on what it is you're looking for from the network. But like what I, what I want it to be is just a place where we all get to hang out and share what we're going through, share our process, share what work we're doing, share when we need help. Like, you know, if you're a writer who is always wanted to write a book or you are writing a book but there's pieces everywhere and you just don't know where to start or how to like you know stitch it together come hang out with me I'm an editor and I love that like as a developmental editor I love having just a mess of content the pieces everywhere and reading it and finding the theme and moving you know restructuring the content so that it flows like ah that's just that's what i do that's what my job is and so if you're a writer who just needs some help you're blocked or you're stuck or you don't know where to go with a story like come hang out let's talk about it and let's see if we can't figure that out for you because it felt amazing to 
publish a book, something I've always wanted to do. And so if you feel that, like you have that inside of you and you need to birth it, I would love to help you birth that because it's such a release. And like, for me, I think it was the, the first time I can say like a dream come true, a dream that I have had since I was young, wanting to write a book. It's a dream that has come true. And how many of us get to say that? That a dream in our childhood has actually come true. That it wasn't just, you know, a passing fancy. But it was an actual dream. I think that's what I've always been curious about myself. Like, I'm a curiosity to me sometimes. Like, when I was 15, I remember sitting at a table with my cousins, you know, also who were raised in the cult. And, you know, I said that when I was older, I think I was 15, I said I, when I got older, I was going to get piercings and tattoo my body because it's what I wanted to do. And then I had to pretend I, pretend I was joking because it freaked out my cousins. They were younger and they got concerned that, you know, if I do that, then I'm gonna go to hell because those are signs of a sick soul, an unsaved soul, someone who pierces their body and tattoos their body. That's a lost soul. They don't know what they're doing. You know, my body is my temple. I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. So I would laugh it off. I would actually state my dreams, but depending on how people reacted, I would just kind of laugh it off or pretend it wasn't real. But they came, they come true. <laughs> I knew myself at 15. I knew myself when I was a child. I knew what I wanted to accomplish. I just didn't know if I was ever gonna have that opportunity. You know, I kind of felt trapped. Like my version of reality was only ever gonna be what I was born into. It was never gonna be something that I got to create myself that I had a choice in. But now I recognize that I have a choice. And so I'm choosing to live the way that I wanna live. And with the people that I want to live in my life with. The friends I have, the family I choose. It's my decision. I get to determine how my life goes. And that feels really good. And that came with publishing a book. <laughs> that feeling of feeling like it's okay for me to live my life, it's because I published a book. I finally accomplished that thing. So anyway, if you want to join this network of writers and artists, it's just getting started. There's just me in there right now. It's not like I have, you know, this repository of people who just suddenly appear and want to do this thing. Like, this is starting from the ground up and it's going to morph and it's going to change and what it is today, it might not be tomorrow, but I would love for you to join me. Come hang out and let's explore writing and art and living your life creatively. Also, you know, don't forget to drop me a message if you want and tell me your interaction with the phrase, I don't know. I'd love to know what you don't know. <laughs> 
Anyway, I hope you have a fantastic week. It's a beautiful Monday. The sun is in my face. Um, get outside. Enjoy for some fresh air. Take some deep breaths. It feels really good in your whole body to take a deep breath of fresh air. I'm going to make sure I do that when I get out of my car. All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Memoir Distry, and I'm Liz Gurley.